Welcome to Sequel Quest, the podcast that dares to imagine sequels to your favorite films and movie franchises. A journey into the realm of cinematic possibilities. With your hosts, Adam, Jeff, Justin, and Jeremy. Let the adventure begin now. Ho, 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 and merry podcast. Welcome to Sequel Quest. We are so glad that you have joined us for our special holiday episode. So before we get into all the adventure that is to come, let's introduce you to the rest of our hosts. On Jeremy! Ah! On Jeff! Ah! On Justin! Hey, what's up? I'm Adam! <laughs> and we are your crew on this wintry, blustery holiday evening. That's right. We are covering today a very special film, The Polar Express. Now, uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis and starring Tom Hanks and Eddie Deason. For all the Eddie Deason fans out there, he is, in <laughs> fact, in this film. But this is this is an interesting one. Obviously, most, most people know based on a very beloved book. Then they decided we got to make a movie out of this, this 20-page book. A very creepy movie. Yes. Now, it, yeah. should, it should be said, Zemeckis, Robert Zemeckis, obviously he brought us the Back to the Future trilogy. There was a lot of special effects that were very innovative throughout that trilogy. He brought us a Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Again, so innovative. Amazing, Amazing movie. Then we get to uh, <laughs> the, his his trilogy of, of creepy CG motion capture films, including Beowulf, the Polar Express, and A Christmas Carol. Didn't he do Tin... Oh, no, he didn't do Tin Tin, did he? Yeah. No, that was Spielberg and... Uh, oh. I, yeah, who was, the, who was the actual director? I think Spielberg produced that one, but... But it's a similar look, though, at the very yeah, Somewhat. I think yeah. Tin Tin did a little so, better, Somewhat. Though. I don't know. Tin Tin wasn't yeah, nearly as know. creepy as Tom Hanks in several forms. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think uh, Beowulf was as creepy as this one. Really? Did you see Angelina Jolie? Yeah. Yeah. But it it still wasn't as creepy. Like you knew right, that was kind right. of it's. Yeah, that I don't weird know. Yeah, anim- Be- I I have to agree. Yeah, Beowulf was just like weird. You had that weird animation that is supposed to be so realistic, but they don't move or look realistic. At least right. if they'd have made them slightly more cartoonish, it would have been more believable. Right. It's also tough too, and that's what I f- I felt even when this was coming out is that everything, and it was the same thing with DreamWorks, same thing with Fox, everything after whatever year it was that Toy Story came out has to loom in the shadow of Pixar. And so it's kind of like we looked at this and we were just kind of like, okay. And then we look at like The Incredibles or Inside Out and we're just like, oh, <laughs> nice try. Well, and, and you know, up at this point we had had, you know, Andy Serkis being Gollum, you know, and really defining what too. motion capture could do. And then they gave us this, which is what everybody talks about, right? The Uncanny Valley. That this is kind of the prime example of that, 
where it doesn't quite work. However, I feel like the film is somewhat stylized enough. You can give it a little bit of credit because it was based on a children's book. And, you know, you could just say, okay, artistic license with the character designs. And maybe they don't need to be 100% realistic. But um, did you guys all read the book growing up? Were you aware of the Polar Express? Yeah, no, I, I actually, when the movie came out, I, I knew that it was a book, but I had never read it. My family really didn't, wasn't a big book in the house. Um, but uh, what about you, Jeff? I feel like Jeff totally read that book. Uh, no, actually, this is not the Polar Express. I didn't grow up with the Polar Express at all. Oh. Uh, I mean, we did have some books, but this is the Christmas books. This was not one of them. Uh, actually, and this is what I was alluding to before we started recording, that my familiarity with the book of the Polar Express actually comes from Mark and Brian, the radio show and simulcast across the world. But um, they would have a thing where every Christmas, kind of their beginning to the Christmas season, is that one of their staff, Chuck Moshantz, every year would read the Polar Express. And it was the really cool thing for anyone that ever listened to Mark and Brian on the radio is that they were they were really funny, they were a lot of fun, but they could also be really like serious in a good way where it would just they really take things seriously. And whenever they did Polar Express, like you were not supposed to laugh because it was like they did it legit and serious, and it was it was a great great moment. And it, for me at least, I grew an appreciation for the book, even though it wasn't really a part of my childhood. Now I, I will say that I I did read this book growing up. I definitely owned it. The best part about the Polar Express, I mean, maybe not everybody had this edition, but certain editions came with the bell. Nice. So like the bell was attached to the book so you could live the experience. Cool. Yeah. So so to me, like that's what always made it very special was that you're like, oh, okay. Because I'm, I'm always about blurring the line between reality and fiction. I love when, when anybody, you know, whether it's a movie, a film, a comic, whatever they do, like to me, like that's the most exciting part of, of any production that get you know, something that gets put out artistically. But Jeremy, how about you? I honestly do not ever remember hearing this story. I, I watched the movie once. I was not sold that it was even <laughs> one that I would revisit anytime in the near future. Well, if that's the case, then, so uh, three out of the four of us are not wholly aware of this book or, or the inspiration <laughs> for the film. Why don't we get into the synopsis here and uh, give you guys a, a heads up? Because maybe I'm alone in this. Maybe the rest of the listening audience needs a little uh, heads up on the Polar Express. Not by Anthony. This is by Lael, L-A-E-L. Santa Claus does not exist, or does he? For one doubting boy, an astonishing event occurs. Late on Christmas Eve night, he lays in bed hoping to hear the sound of reindeer bells from Santa's sleigh, when, to his surprise, a steam engine's roar and whistle can be heard outside his window. The conductor invites him on board to take an extraordinary journey to the North Pole with many other pajama-clad children. There he receives an extraordinary gift only those who still believe in Santa can experience. Alright, so, still kind of vague. Okay, hold on. I would like to point out from that synopsis is that it wasn't actually on the train that he received the gift. It was later. Exactly. 
<laughs> but at the same time, that's that synopsis still sounds like a horror film or something <laughs> where this I mean, conductor is. It, it kind of is a little bit of a horror film. Yeah, right. luring. Although, personally, I got it. The, what is it? The third one. The third one on IMDb. A young boy embarks on a magical adventure to the North Pole on the Polar Express. During his adventure, he learns about friendship, bravery, and the spirit of Christmas. So really, yeah, no, nobody can that's encapsulate it. this film. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it, Everybody's it, face looks kind of strange. Well, and, and <laughs> anyway, exactly. For me, and it's it's the fundamental problem with this film that I feel like it's the same way that I feel about Jim Carrey's uh, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Is they took about fifteen minutes of a of good story and they stretched it out to an hour and a half, and it's just like it feels bloated for me because it's such a simple premise, and it's just like there's not enough to hold my attention for this long. Yeah, can we just mention the hot chocolate scene where they all start <laughs> dancing and singing about hot chocolate? <laughs> And Tom Hanks doesn't sing. He just kind of talks through it, and everybody else sings with these amazing voices. Well, and I have well, to say... All they sing is hot chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fantastic. But now, um, up here, uh, I'm, I'm in Arizona, and in Flagstaff, and I'm sure this happens all around the country, but in Flagstaff, Arizona, they actually do a Polar Express ride every year that you can get tickets for all throughout the month of December. And during that ride, they do the whole hot chocolate deal. So so they, wow. they they hook you up with the drink, you know. Is that in the book? I think that it's probably like briefly just mentioned, but like maybe really everything <laughs> they the book once the words hot chocolate, well, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's just like there's the, the other thing they pad this with is eventually he's getting chased by wolves at a certain point. Like that's the scary. Like when you're talking about a horror movie, this movie does get a little freaky for kids at a certain point. And you're like, whoa! Totally. The like ghost guy on yeah. the roof, the hobo. Like, top of the that, train. I'm not going to lie, that kind of was cool yeah. when they went uh, on skis like through the train, or on the top of the train. That was mm-hmm. that was fun. And I, I really liked, actually, in terms of the animation, it really was just the faces and the movement of the human body. Everything else, I can imagine on the big screen looking really cool, like when the little girl loses her ticket, and you follow the ticket, like, through the uh, woods with the wolves, and down the... Um, uh, uh, waterfall and all that stuff like that looked really interesting and really cool but as soon as you get back on that train all the kids are like hello I'm a small giant <laughs> I, I will say well, though was, I felt it like it was done in 3D too yeah. so like it was 3D in the movie theater yeah. so that would be awesome that I, would look great I do feel like the three main kids are fairly okay like in terms of characterization like the hero girl she's she's just you know she's fine you know like like she's very nice and sweet she's got some pathos to her <laughs> as much yeah. as the cg animated motion yeah. capture character can the main boy you know he's kind of like just oh whatever oh. throughout i don't know but then you get eddie Deason. hey i know this oh, and i know that i love like, that guy <laughs> but I, he's so I, great he's hilarious i thought he was horrendous like he was the worst thing in this movie for me because he was so over the top and fake but didn't you uh, know kids like that growing up no, like, oh not, i did i'm sorry like the that. conductor wasn't over the top and the engineers okay. weren't over the top well, like no, everything in this movie was he over was the top more. They were all a little crazy. And I think the reason why Gollum worked is because I think they tried to make him look like a real human. <laughs> and then they just saw what was happening and they went with it. <laughs> 
Well, that that's true, right? When you do a CG character that is a creature, it is an alien. There's a lot so, more license and it works. to a human being. It, yeah. Well, it's the suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. or spe- suspension of belief. Either one, it's, is this believable? And this whole movie, the characters are dead-eyed and the mouths don't move quite right. And it's just awkwardly creepy. Yeah. But you know what really does work for me? Because it's true. The characters themselves, the animation, not so great. The, the Aerosmith as elves at the end playing play their yeah. That was awesome. That's, that's <laughs> ridiculous. But um, but what does work for me, I, lo- I do love the atmosphere. I just love the feeling of the film. And the yeah. truth is, like... It is too long. For a children's film, this movie is way too long. But when you get into it, like to me, it's perfect for like Christmas Eve night and you can like fall asleep to this film. Like it just, it could lull you And have nightmares. And have nightmares about wolves and hobos. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do have to say, like for me, because I, I just watched it the other night, and that um, I, I do like. Other than my wife even pointed out that Santa Claus seemed a little svelte to me. He seems like he wasn't quite as he was He's very tall. Out. He wasn't very jolly. He wasn't very jolly, at least in the the stomach region. But Getting I juiced. liked that depiction of him. Like he was very kind of like grandfatherly, and he had like a big voice, but he was still like very wise. And I liked that. Jeff liked that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Microphone dropped. And I'm out. Boom. Um, so, but yeah. So obviously, you know. It's a very simple story. Like we said, it was padded out. They, they added more to it. But today, what we're really going to do is, okay, so without a source material then for a sequel to this film, what could they possibly do to maybe make it more exciting? What, what could be done in this next installment? Where do you take the Polar Express? And I am, I am so curious to find out where you guys go with this. What path so am I. <laughs> All right. I am going to actually take the position of we don't need one. We do not need to give children more nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Can you wipe away the mi- nightmares of the previous film? That's possible. Only if you reboot it. <laughs> yes, uh, a reboot. Yeah, All Pixar right. brings us get the Polar Express. Either that or get Andy Serkis to actually do it. <laughs> uh, every character. <laughs> yeah, right. get Tom Hanks. <laughs> Sorry, Tom Hanks. You are the most You're beloved actor in Hollywood. But we, we don't need you for the sequel. It doesn't sound Yeah, like. get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right, Adam, give us your pitch. All right. My pitch is called Polar Express 2, Christmas Down Under. <laughs> you love loving it already. Uh, yes. We're, we're there already. Right. I can't wait. So someone has hijacked the Polar Express. Yeah. Santa puts his head elf, Elmer played by Hugh Jackman, on the job of locating the train and bringing it back in time for Christmas Eve so that it can fulfill its mission of keeping the spirit of Christmas alive in children who have begun to have doubts about Santa Claus. Elf scientists calculate that if the Polar Express is not recovered, Christmas will cease to exist as the wonder of the season vanishes over the next 100 years. The boy, also played by Hugh Jackman, from the first film, he has grown up and he's tried to tell his two children, Ethan and Erica, about the magical night he spent riding the Polar Express and meeting Santa Claus. In the age of Google and YouTube, Erica claims to have found evidence that Santa Claus doesn't exist and is trying to squelch her younger brother's belief in the season. The dad entrusts the bell he got from Santa to Ethan, telling him to believe in Christmas miracles. 
On December 23rd, as the kids go to bed, a mysterious large-footed figure creeps into Ethan's room and tries to steal the bell. Suddenly, another smaller person bursts into the room and rustles with the first. In the scuffle, a startled Ethan manages to recover the bell and the shadowy Bigfoot-footed creature bounds out of the window. As the light comes on, Ethan sees Elmer the Elf approaching him with a grim look on his face. The crisis is explained to the boy who is told that the bell needs to be returned to the North Pole to keep the Christmas spirit alive. Ethan is uncertain about what or who to believe and not willing to give up the gift from his father. He asks Elmer who the intruder was, but he refuses to tell, saying, You don't want to know. Elmer tells Ethan that the bell was more than a trinket. It was a GPS tracker that allowed Santa to keep an eye on all the previous riders of the Polar Express in case they needed help believing in the future. It could now be reverse-engineered to find the train. Elmer invites the kid along to see for himself, and the adventure begins. The two travel, riding Donder and Blitzen, flying through the skies to locate the know-it-all, played by Eddie Deason from the first film, <laughs> who has grown up to be a billionaire software company CEO. Of course. After a little convincing via Elmer whipping up a cup of the special hot chocolate from the train, the know-it-all is convinced and uses his technical prowess to find the Bell's beacon and the pair take off for Australia. Upon arrival, Elmer, Donder, and Blitzen are kidnapped by a herd of kangaroo, leaving Ethan to go on a walkabout of his own through the outback. <laughs> While following the kangaroo footprints, Ethan meets Down Under Danny, also played by Hugh Jackman, a quirky survivalist who gives him bits of outback wisdom to help him on his journey. Along the way, Ethan conquers an ornery crocodile with his wits. Learns not to mistrust people different than him when running into a tribe of aborigines, and ultimately how a positive <laughs> attitude can help you win in the face of adversity. After the lessons are learned, Down Under Danny mysteriously disappears. On his own, Ethan finally discovers train tracks which lead him to a cave where he is confronted with none other than the Easter Bunny. It turns out the giant <laughs> rabbit was tired of playing second fiddle to Santa Claus and wanted to create the Easter Express to amp up his own PR campaign. He needs the bell to activate the train's engines with the power of believing. Ethan tries to convince him that Christmas isn't about hype and fame, it's about goodwill towards your fellow men, and that there's enough of that to go around on Easter, too. The Easter Bunny is not convinced, stating that he only believes in the two L's, logic and licensing. There can be <laughs> only one king of the holidays, and he wants to become the Emperor Bunny. With the help of his kangaroo army, the Easter Bunny <laughs> obtains the bell and takes off in the train. Ethan outwits the kangaroos to free Elmer, Donder, and Blitzen, who all pursue the egg express they finally gain control of the train when the easter bunny is betrayed by the kangaroo hordes after threatening to drop a baby kangaroo out of the train when the christmas crew gets too close for comfort he's dragged away by the kangaroos as the do-gooders contemplate <laughs> how to get the polar express back to the north pole by christmas eve elmer reveals that not only reindeer can fly Enlisting the help of the rest of the kangaroo pack to help Donder and Blitzen fly the train across the ocean, after a sprinkle of secret snow, they take off and arrive in Town Square just in time. Ethan is made an honorary conductor by Santa and joins the engineer, who turns out to be his dad, on the journey to spread Christmas joy for those who need a little Christmas spirit as credits roll. You know there are more Yay. Australian actors than Hugh Jackman, right? <laughs> 
it's the it's the same thing with Tom Hanks, right? Where he's playing every character, exactly, so why not? Yeah. And I feel like Hugh Jackman's that guy. You I feel like keep he's just waiting he's Australia's for that. Tom Hanks, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he was in Australia with Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Yes, but no, but I think because he he would do you know his American accent, he would use his Australian accent. I just think that'd be fun. Oh He'd boy, do his Wolverine accent. <laughs> Justin, what do you have for us? All right, I got you. Um, so I had absolutely no idea what to do with this one, so I just went for it. Uh, mine's called the High Speed Polar Express. So the creepy elves, led by the head Jewish elf, I don't know if you guys remember that one, um, <laughs> the elf that says Meshugana randomly. Uh, that was pretty random, but uh, I went with it. So uh, they hijack the Polar Express going along with uh, i hope there's a theme i'm hoping jeff has a hijack in there hijack the polar express and kidnap santa claus because of their low wages and unfair working conditions the conductor arrives uh on the hero boy's doorstep and asks him to help save santa otherwise christmas will be ruined for eternity when the boy asks how they will save him the conductor reveals the high speed polar express built by none other than the nerd boy from the first film who is the train's (laughs) new engineer uh, where is the hero girl, you ask? Well, she is now a child celebrity on a few Nickelodeon shows, so she couldn't make it. <laughs> Before they leave, the conductor reminds the hero boy to grab his jingle bell, as it may be the only way to find Santa. They hop on the train and are off. That jingle bell, Adam, I, when I heard you say that, I was like, oh, wow, yeah. so good. Um, as they leave town, they are stopped at an elf checkpoint, and they do their best to imitate elves so that they can get past. <laughs> The nerd boy almost slips up, obviously, but the hero boy steps in with a brilliant imitation of a really creepy elf, and they let him through. After that close call, they all have hot chocolate. Of course. Thank you. And talk about the plan to find Santa. It's revealed that inside the hero's jingle bell is a GPS device. Wow. Santa's whereabouts. (laughs) They smash the jingle bell and discover the bell only jingles sometimes. Because the chip inside wasn't meant for a jingle bell and will only make noise when it hits precise portions of the inside of the bell. Which kind of ruins the point of the entire first movie, but whatever. (laughs) They run into a few more elf problems, but eventually catch up to the elves. They discover that the elves were under the control of Krampus, (laughs) Santa's former companion companion who used to discipline the naughty children, but was fired after a young child accused him of inappropriate touching. (laughs) The hero boy, nerd boy, and the conductor destroy Krampus with their undeniable belief in the joy of Christmas and the spirit of giving, and destroy the elves because, as was stated before, (laughs) they are really creepy. Wow. Do, wait, do, do, you have a, do you have a name for this film? Because oh, no. I, I have it, Justin. The High Speed Polar Express. The High Speed yeah. Polar Express. But I, if, if we were going to do, you know, it, it, I think it should be High Speed Polar Express and then just Elf Problems. That could be the, the yeah. subtitle or the tagline on Stella, that one. Sure. Elf Problems. <laughs> wow, that got dark. It's hard out here for <laughs> Man, but yeah, that, that that is that is a little crazy. I guess. Wow, GPS hijack yeah. train. Yeah, it was like I said, I had no idea totally what would happen after that and movie then kept ended. Kept going for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So wait, when you when you made the comment about the girl being a, a child star, was that just in that universe, or is the actress who did the voice an actual no, child I star? I just I was like, oh, where's the girl? Uh, she's a, she's a celebrity. Okay. <laughs> like. Because everybody, like, as I'm going through, I'm like, oh, yeah, the nerd guy comes back, the main kid comes back. And I went on IMDb and looked up because I'm like, they have to have names. Nope. 
Hero Boy. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, right. Uh, par for the course with this movie. <laughs> hey, I have, I have a quick question, though, just so I understand yours. So there was an elf that came to tell him that they needed to save the train, right? Or save Santa. Okay, no, who, the who told conductor him? just oh, arrives the conductor. on the new high-speed Polar Express and is oh, like, okay. hey, save Santa or else. Or else. <laughs> <laughs> and he says it just like that. Or else. Yeah. So would Tom Hanks be the voice of Krampus? <laughs> sure. The old conductor has become Krampus. Oh, wow. No, the old no actually, the it would totally be the, the nerd boy would voice Krampus. Yes! And they could destroy him. I'm for it. We could find out if Eddie Deason has any other voice that he could produce. Come on. Come on. That's not I'm sure. He could do a lower-pitched nerd. <laughs> just, just do the, the video trickery or audio trickery. Oh, all right. Our final pitch is uh, Jeff. Mine's going to be awfully boring now. Because uh, so, mine, that for me, to try and return to the heart of Polar Express was kind of my goal. Not that you guys didn't. I was kind of no, thinking I didn't. that it'd be great to do it well. Okay. You started there, though, uh, to do a story about <laughs> you know, the true meaning of Christmas or something like that. So um, my thought was you got to open up on the bell, and I even thought Zemeckis could even do like a Forrest Gump sort of opening where like the bell is bouncing around or whatever while the da na 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 or whatever is playing. So anyway, and then it finally, the opening credits finally end on the dad who is telling his children the story of the Polar Express, reading the book. We find out, and that's how he ends, by saying, and at the end, like, and then Santa gave me a bell. So we find out that this is actually Hero Boy, grown up to be now the dad of his own children, telling the story of the Polar Express. And we get the feeling that this is like shortly after Thanksgiving or something like that. And after he finishes telling the story and it's this great moment, the kids kind of go, that's it? You got a bell? And they're really disappointed about how lame a gift a bell is. Then they pick up the bell and they're like, and it doesn't even work. And so they can't even hear the bell. So the, the dad starts to realize that even though the kids say they believe in Santa and they believe in Christmas and everything like that, all they want out of Santa is give me toys, give me presents, give me the gifts. That's all they want from Santa Claus. So they actually have missed the true meaning of Christmas so they can't hear the bell and so it doesn't work for them. He realizes then that tonight, the Polar Express will blow right by their house and won't even stop, or not tonight, but when the Polar Express comes, won't even stop for them because they don't, you know, they don't believe in it. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't hear it as it's passing. And he's not okay with that, so he decides that he's going to um, get the Polar Express to stop at their house. And the only way he figures out to do that is he's going to make a trek up to the North Pole. So Dad goes on a trek up to the North Pole to seek out the Polar Express, finally finds the Polar Express and um, tells the, finds the conductor, who's now you know an older man, uh, and says, I want to be the conductor of the Polar Express. And so then they go through a whole thing where the, the dad's being trained to be the new conductor and learning about Christmas and everything along those lines. And... Um, Finally, once he does, you know, then uh, he is able to get the train to stop, but realizes that the kids won't actually get on um, unless they understand that Christmas is actually about um, the spirit of giving and not about uh, about giving presents, so or about getting presents. So, as far as exactly how that 
ends, I feel like it just ends with them getting on the train where the dad has some big speech or something like that and convinces them that, you know, that's what it's really all about and that it's blah, 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 blah. And then I, I kind of see them getting on the train and then getting to the North Pole and giving Santa a gift. And the gift is the bell. Not that they're like, not so much that we don't want this anymore, but more the idea that, no, no, we want to give something to Santa because that's more important than just getting more toys. Nice. All I can say is, aww. Yeah. Exactly. And that, for me, that's the yeah. Express uh, right yeah, there. Yeah, Jeff wins. Duh. <laughs> yeah, we yes. expect nothing like, less. Obviously, your pitch, yeah, Jeff, like would be... Adam's down under my creepy Krampus. <laughs> and Jeff comes in with like, actually, this would be a, a brilliant sequel. Thank you, guys. Yeah. <laughs> By the way... Just telling yeah. you, uh, you missed well the point. Well done, Jeff. Well done. <laughs> okay. Okay, so can we flesh out Jeff's idea? Because honestly, the other I two mean, honestly, heist ideas we could mash up together. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. We could mash them both together, package that out as another Christmas movie, but not necessarily like the sequel. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, so I mean... To the <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Not bigger, honestly, better, faster. For, so for Jeff's movie, for Jeff's version, like there's enough in there. If we're, you know, if we're writing the sequel, it's the same amount of content, kind of as the original, which is what I like. I mean, your synopsis was super short because it, the synopsis to the Polar Express would have been ridiculously short, and uh, the message behind it is great, and the journey we would watch the dad go to the North Pole and he would have adventures along the way and well, hot let, chocolate let, with wolves. I don't know. Uh, well, well, let me tell you, though. That, great. Yeah, this, this is my only problem with that is that the dad starts out being the one who believes. He's the one who has already had the experience. So what is his arc, really? His arc right. is, yes, going through the training, but it's kind of like, okay – Yes, he's, he's going to make it through because we know he's good and he loves the season and it's going to happen. The real story is the turning of the kids, and that's what Jeff is getting to at the end. He's like, ah, then he says a speech, and then they're, yeah. on, they're on the train. I see yeah. basically Jeff has outlined the first two acts. Yeah. And the third act would be where the kids are on the train and have their on the way back or something where they have their own adventure that just confirms everything that's happened and maybe they end up with the bell in their pocket when they get home, even though they gave it to him. And it's just kind of the reminder that now the bell works. Right. But I mean, do, do I, I think if you tell the story and uh, if you do um, like the middle of it first and then flash back to the beginning, we can get more of an arc of the kids that um, makes more sense. Because ultimately, you don't want to like at the very beginning meet the kids, see the problem with the kids and then leave the kids for the whole adventure of the dad. Yeah. Um, I can see that. So if you rearrange kind of the, the um, order that the story is told in, maybe he's explaining what is going on with his kids to Santa. And that's when he, when he's pleading his case to be the conductor in a way. I, I don't know. So, so the question is, what is, what is the need for him to become the conductor? Cause it sounds like he's kind of campaigning for it. Mainly just, just, 
just that Tom Hanks is older now. Stop the train. Yeah, that was my thought. So it's kind of selfish on his part because he's like, I'm just doing this for my kids, which is good. But like, I wonder if it needs to be something where he's like contacted by the old conductor who like, or maybe he maybe he has that relationship where they kind of correspond and he and he is explaining like, look, you know, this is the struggle I'm having with my kids, and I know they're not. You're not going to be able to to stop here because they can't hear the bell. But isn't that or maybe it's a sad end and he has to become the conductor from then on so it gets well, re- really yeah. sad at the end that's that's where we're we're <laughs> we're having to figure out because does he have to leave his job because apparently there's got to be training involved yeah he right. can't just up and leave for weeks and although at the same time end. though remember that was kind of one of the things in in polar express the movie at least is that like that whole joke of time it's five till yeah. midnight yeah mm-hmm. So he could leave Christmas Eve and time just stops for his training for three months. <laughs> so, but like, do you feel like, like if we were to do that, so he has kind of his, cause I feel like the training montage and his different experiences up there, like, is there somebody who's against him? Is, does he have competition that's, to become? That's where we throw Krampus in? Yeah. Or... <laughs> Mr. Krampus? I don't know. I could just kind of <laughs> see, like, because it, it does kind of feel with the... And again, it's not necessarily the part of this movie that I liked, the original, but it kind of feels like it would fit with this style to have him do almost like a Rocky sort of, like, he's doing push-ups and he's lifting presents and he's doing, like, all these ridiculous, like things to train yeah hot chocolate obstacle course exactly a training montage feels very like ridiculous which goes along with how this movie went Mm -hmm. but like but would we and you have to guys you have to remember that the original was so simple that this needs to be as simple i mean there was like basically one character that had a big arc and so if the kids are the only ones that have an arc um then I think it would work. Maybe the maybe the dad doesn't have to be the conductor. He can just go and get the conductor and bring him back and and take the kids. And the most of the movie is about the adventure that they have in the Polar Express with the kids and the I mean, dad. Well, he, here's um, here's how I feel about it. If if he if he you know the Polar Express is not coming to get him like Jeff said he needs to get to the North Pole himself why can't he just bring right. the kids with him that that was the next point I was gonna bring up yeah. is what if oh, yeah. what if it's the voyage for them to get there right and right. they you know so they they kind of have their experience along the way then he does get up there and the second act is hey I want to be the conductor but. He kind of has to prove himself, and and that that should be the thing. Like, I don't know if it would be like maybe it is, you know, uh, the nerd, you know, the you know, I, I'm trying to remember what they called Know It All. He was called the Know It All. That was the character's name. Maybe he is the one. He wants to be, he wants to be the conductor too. So now, because the Know It All was kind of antagonistic throughout the film, you know, he kind of was the guy who was. So what if what if that's right. kind of the comic? competition there is that well, you know, except for if he brings his kids up there with him why does he need to become the, the conductor very true okay what if it's yeah, one of the I've kids honest, what if what if like, like mine idiot, one idiot, believes so. one believes and one doesn't so so they're tr- so he and the one that believe are trying to do it for the the one child that doesn't hmm what do you think about that i think along the way of the the journey will be their 
believing. There were things that will happen on the journey along the way that by the time they get there, they'll be ready to see it and ready to believe. And maybe even in the last moment, whatever these uh, problems they run into along the way, um, that they learn giving and, and things like that. Not necessarily believing because that's not the problem. It's the giving and the um, taking aspect, I think, uh, from what I remember. And then, uh, but when they get there, they have a hard time seeing the North Pole because they're still, you know, they're still like kind of on the fence, but there's just that final thing that happens where they're actually able to see the t- entire city there and and all that stuff. Yeah, because I, I get Jeff and Jeremy's point that the whole point of the Polar Express is it needs to come by to help the kids that are doubting. But that's what I think is fun about this is the reverse. So the reverse is it's the journey to the Polar Express, essentially, that does the convincing and then so what if so they'd ride the train back right something like that or what if there's a what if like the dad knows cuz here's my other thought what if we change the opening so that the opening instead of it being or even keep cuz i i still kind of like the uh, that like meta sort of a thing where he's reading the story of the polar express to his children mm-hmm. um, but if it's like there's some sort of a montage where the dad Every year, even like as he's gotten older, every Christmas Eve he goes out and like waves at he doesn't get on the Polar Express anymore, but he waves as it goes by. And so, like the year before or something, like he talks to the he realizes that his kids like it's not going to stop next year. And so, that could be where the interaction happens. And the the conductor could even say, Well, you know, there's a train depot or or like a, a train station or something. So they don't have to go all the way to the North Pole? I don't know. That's interesting. He has them stop by so the kids don't have to, like, they just see a train. They're like, oh, we're at a train stop. This is a regular train. They get on, and that's when everything gets crazy. Okay. Well, I was just more thinking, as opposed to this journey that they're going all the way to the North Pole, it could be a journey to the train station. Because, like you said, if they're chasing the Polar Express, then, you know, they wouldn't go to the North Pole because then they'd miss the, they wouldn't need the Polar Express. Right. Now, is I, there... I like the idea that they, because they're not believing, so they're not going to see it. But if it's kind of in in the kind of the rules of the Polar Express movie or the rules of that world, um, they don't need to believe if he sort of set it up the previous year that they're just gonna they're gonna hop on a train and go see the North Pole, just like the historic parts of the North Pole. Not the real North Pole makes his kids think that, but in actuality, he's worked it out so that they get on. The Polar Express. So remind me, remind me, just because maybe now I'm confusing what I'm understanding. But the is the point of the Polar Express only to help the kids that don't believe, or is it just that everybody gets to ride it on Christmas? Like, I don't think. I think it's just to help the kids that don't believe. That's what I thought. I don't. I don't think so because I mean, like the girl, the hero girl, she didn't seem like she ever doubted. Even Know It All didn't seem like he ever doubted. Okay. Like, it just seemed like it was the main character and maybe Sad Sack, whatever his name was, Billy. <laughs> but the other ones, I, I don't, they were all so excited to go. I, I don't know that it's only for the doubting kids. You know, you're right, Jeff, because everybody had their own, their own thing they needed from the train. I don't really know what all those things are, but definitely like the doughty boy got what he needed from the train. The, the hero boy got what he needed from the train. The, I guess the nerd boy learned to, at the very end, to shut up. <laughs> I don't know what his He learned to shut was. his face. Merry Christmas. 
<laughs> I mean, Santa basically said, like, you need to shut up. <laughs> so, so, so if I'm understanding now, but the conflict is still that the kids are not believing, so they're not going to be able to hear the bell, so they're not going to be able to, to ride the Polar Express the next year. So the, so the dad is telling them... Well, actually, now that we've established that, that not, that's not true. Now that we've established, like, the Polar Express stops and is seen by kids who need something from the Polar Express, who need some kind of lesson or some kind of whatever. And if those kids need to learn the spirit of giving, then that's what the Polar Express will give to them. Right. And that's what I was trying to understand is like, because for me, like on the journey to if we're doing the journey to the North Pole, the idea is that along the way they would meet these different people. And a lot of times they'd start out asking for help, like, oh, we need help here. We need a ride here, whatever. And it would turn out that they actually found a way to give to that person and help first hmm. and then things would work totally. out for them after okay. the fact you know and maybe the dad just comes that. in at the end the dad doesn't need to have coordinated anything but why but but the question is why would they go to the north pole then were you saying that they were riding the train or are you saying that cuz i'm still saying they're finding some interesting way to get to the north pole from right. wherever they live you know like well, what if what if what if this what if we do like what if somehow uh, this doesn't quite make sense in my brain, but I'll throw it out. Maybe you guys can figure out the rest. What if it's something where Christmas Eve happens and the dad wakes up and because he hears the train and goes out like he does to say it goodbye, but then goes to see that his children didn't hear it at all. And then the train leaves and then he freaks out and he's like, you missed the Polar Express. So then he goes and like wakes up his kids and then they like, go chasing after the Polar Express. So now they're literally like trying to track, as ridiculous as it is, tracking down a train. Yeah. But it's just like somehow, then that could be their adventures. Like maybe they, you know, they're trying skiing, they're trying whatever. Again, right. there's a bunch of suspension of disbelief anyway. So mm -hmm. I think that'd be great. Train. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, I like I like that a lot. So and and, yeah. we, and when we do like see that. that they were yeah. very selfish and everything, and, and so we do recognize that that's the reason he thought maybe they had one more year in them or something. And, and now, so then they go chasing, they have their adventure. But I do still think the whole idea of him becoming the conductor, I feel like when he gets up there, that he meets the Tom Hanks conductor, who is very old and ready to retire. And so as kind of part of, like the kids have, have learned along the way to be more giving, but then... The dad now is being given this challenge, like, can you be the conductor? But I still think the know-it-all has to go back, and he wants to be the conductor, too. And they and they do have that competition between each other as to who's <laughs> going to get it. But the conductor, obviously, is still... I think if the, if the movie is about the kids, then... That's just like that's a second movie on top of this. Okay. Movie. That's yeah. like a whole other and also, at least for thing. Me, that you know was, what I mean? Yeah. Like that. that was also, one saying. of the things that I didn't like about the Know It All is that I felt like more than any of the kids, he least understood the spirit of Christmas. Right. Like he was Mister. Like, give me my toy. Uh -huh. I want to be the first one. It was like, get this kid out of here, man. <laughs> that's why Santa Claus told him to shut the hell up. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so, but yeah, no, so that, yeah, that's great. So it's, it's that journey for them. Now, the, the question is what kind of interesting characters or scenarios would they find themselves in along the way? Oh, Hobo Joe. You got to bring back Hobo, Hobo Joe. Hobo Joe's back. You, sure. He was the creepiest part of yeah. that movie. He's got to be somewhere. 
<laughs> drinking his yeah. sock water. Ooh. He asks for a ride, but they say no in the beginning because he's so creepy. And then they learn to give, and so they give him a ride. <laughs> <laughs> they give they give him his coffee <laughs> in the simplest well, terms. What if? Because that was the thing too with like. I don't know, with like Tom Hanks where it was like, you know, it, he was playing every character and blah, 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 blah. Do, would we want to do something where it's like they run into all of these different characters and it's all Hobo Joe? They just don't know it until the end? Like it's this little old lady, but it turns out to be Hobo Joe I think disguise. that'd be great. Well, yeah, yeah I, 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 I would agree. I think that's great. Yeah, and I, wait, can we just talk about real quick who would, who would that person be? Who's like the Tom Hanks of right now? Oh, it's still Tom Hanks. It's still it? Tom Hanks. It's got to be Tom Hanks. I don't know. Like uh, I, I feel like that's. We can do some. We can do somebody else. Of it, yeah, is that here's another actor doing their tour de force performance, playing <laughs> multiple characters. I, I don't think you use that correctly. Uh, I perhaps, don't force, perhaps. But, uh, <laughs> I oversold it just a bit. Uh, um, but but you know what I'm saying? Like I feel Any like. Let, how, about, how about Chris Evans? <laughs> Oh, Chris Evans. Has he got it in but, him? I don't think so. But wait, the he would be the old conductor, right? <laughs> right. Tom Hanks would be back as the old conductor. He just wouldn't play every other character. Sure. That would be whoever. So you have somebody else play the... Uh, I feel like whoever does the dad's yeah. voice also does all the other characters' voices. Like, it's it's somebody who can handle that. What about so, Steve Carell? Steve Carell yeah, would be pretty yes. awesome. Well, we can do that. He would love it, I think. That's where he's going these days. Yeah, so I mean, definitely, you know, he's got his animation background, so we know he's got the characters in him. So, but, so, but yeah, but that's grumpy these days. Movies. (laughs) So, so, do we want to just maybe list real quick any of like? Because again, I'm not saying we do Hobo Joe this time. You know, maybe it's it's a different group. Because if it's not Tom Hanks, it should be like Hobo Jim or (laughs) it should be somebody else. Yeah, it's got to be a Hobo. Hobo Joe, Hobo Joe's younger brother, Hobo Joe's kid. Hobo Jim. No, but like, I, I guess Hobo like, Jake. I would Hobo say <laughs> Slim Jim. Slim Jim. Slim Jim. That sounds scary, though. Reminds me of Slender Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and cross promotion. It'll be great. He'll always have a Slim Jim in his hands. <laughs> we'll get Slim Jim and Monster to sponsor this movie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Then Michael Bay has oh to direct. So that is out. Great for kids. Great yeah. for kids. Exactly. But like I, I, diarrhea I, and heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> the true meaning of Christmas. We've redefined. By it. the way, that's the title of the Polar Express too. Yes! Diarrhea <laughs> and heart attacks. Oh. <laughs> what would the poster? Nope. 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 No, no, don't go no. there. <laughs> So so but so we're saying Steve Carell then is playing yes. every character, so he's he's got that going on. Um, but yeah, I feel yeah. like you know there's got to be like a truck driver who's like broken down, and they're really trying to be like you got to give us a ride. You know that they end up having to like go help him, either flag somebody down or they have to go find a, you know, an open truck tire place. <laughs> like they got to do something. Okay, like that. so are are. Are we going to elaborate on the extraneous details as to each and every little thing that they do? No, or? Well, I'm just thinking like two or three, like what what the are the scenarios the yeah, right? that they run yeah. into? Like what who about, are the people that would need help? Yeah, what about somebody team? like, what, what? I'm picturing that guy, that, that into the wild guy. 
crazy living off the land sort of a uh, not a quite a hobo. I mean, he was, but he was more of a, a survivalist. Kind of, but not not in that creepy way, but in a different like creepy way, <laughs> in a dirty way. Don't tell the survivalists about this show. Exactly, they will come after us. No. Okay. Oh, survivalists listen to podcasts. Come on. <laughs> they're they, off the grid, but they're listening. They do have their own yeah, podcast. They don't have radios. They're still on iTunes. The okay. Ham Radio Podcast. Yeah. Radio. Okay. So, but you're, you're just saying, like, somebody, like, is he injured? Did he get caught in a bear trap? Like, Ooh, perfect. I like it. Yeah. Well, is that too, too graphic? Well, he's well, probably no, caught no, in a net. Bring the wolf stuck. back in. He's just st- or or like one of those one of those um um rabbit snares where you yeah. it's like whoop you know and it's your your foot gets caught in a little loop and you're hanging so hang- upside down exactly and I, and I feel like at some point they do have to help a pilot Brilliant. of some sort because how are they going to get to the North Pole you know just by on foot or by truck you know so pilot? okay so like maybe it's like the, the pilot yeah yeah yeah. But 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 it's not obvious that he's a pilot. Yeah. Like I feel like it's somebody who's lonely on Christmas, and they learn to give friendship. Oh, I like it. Yeah, okay. and, he's, and he's like missing his kids, and yeah, he's, you know, and he ends up having a plane. Yeah, he just ends up having a plane. He's like, by the way, <laughs> my kids live at the North Pole, and uh, <laughs> I'm heading that direction. So, what if the guy who's lonely? Is the nerd boy, and obviously he has a plane because he's the CEO of a giant tech company. <laughs> but it, but he, but what happened? Why, why is he lonely? He just he no, lived the life of boy. still being Definitely selfish. So he didn't, he didn't you learn. Know, his, oh, that, his, that could his be the, kids are away. And... Well, no, that could be it though. Maybe he didn't learn his lesson in the long run, and now he is the example of if you're selfish your whole life, this is what happens. Boom. Boom, yeah, I'm there sold. it is. Right there. Yeah, it's got to be Steve Kerr. Yeah. And then he flies them out on his private jet to get to the North Pole. And he he has his moment, too, again, yeah. where he's reminded of everything he was supposed to have learned in the first film. Wait, exactly. so there. Or maybe even he looks down and he can actually see it. And then they, like, parachute in or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> so Bungie the... jump. Bungie yeah. jump was how they did it in this movie. So they're going straight to the North Pole. They're not trying to catch the train then? Oh, that's a good point. Well, they, they probably are, but I think, I think they are. They're, they're trying to catch the train, trying to catch the train, the but plane. they realize they're not going to catch the train. They just have to yeah. get to the North Pole to finally find it. And when once they lose hope, they meet. They lose hope of finding the train. They meet that guy. Yeah. They find out he has a plane, and they go, "Well, we can just go to the North Pole and meet it there." Wait, exactly. is this going they're to be a, the train. is this going to be a Hobbit situation where they have the the eagles <laughs> and then they eagles stop the and leave them <laughs> miles and miles and miles away? <laughs> well, I, they I, could take the train back. No, I mean on the way there. Like he'd only fly him so far because no, that's where he was I going. I think the plane takes I, them the rest of the way. Exactly. Like yeah. they unlike those selfish eagles. And they go through all yeah. the different adventures. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. The eagles didn't care for anybody else. But uh, yeah, they have all their different adventures chasing the train and then finally when they get to the, you know, point of all hope is lost, right. that's when they run into yeah, that's awesome. And then, so, but when they get there, is the ending still that the dad becomes the conductor? Like the the conductor tells him, "I have to retire." And maybe that's what yes, it is. And is he leaves ev- his kids and he leaves his wife. Right. Loses his job. <laughs> well, but it's well, not. A, it's, it's not an all year round gig. It's, it's a one night a year yeah. gig. Exactly. It's like Santa Claus. Well, he's got You're a train, only. and that takes a long time. <laughs> it doesn't. It it happens instantaneously. It's five minutes to midnight. I right. Mean, yeah. It no, controls I know. That's, time. That's cool. 
But but I think I think also at yeah. Jeff's opening montage where we see the dad waving to the train every year, it's that we see the conductor getting older and older and you know kind of more sickly each time that you know he's waving, more he's sickly. hunching. Well, but no, they're just like showing the age, not like he's yeah, deathly we see ill. Him. We watch him die. <laughs> So so the opening montage would actually be like every five years we'd see a glimpse right. of the guy walking outside. He's getting older and more mature. He's got a cane. And, he's got, yeah. and then, sure, the, much better. then the conductor's going downhill in his health and age. Oh, no. <laughs> we show him hacking up stuff. He's, yep. he's peeing his pants. <laughs> got like an iv that he's holding <laughs> oh that's so bad he steps off the train his leg just shatters <laughs> oh so. help i've fallen and i can't get up we are terrible people <laughs> merry christmas I tried, I tried bringing the christmas spirit yeah, merry christmas everybody <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, no, but I think Jeff, thank thank you for setting us on a path that was more heartwarming. Right, we're gonna miss the kangaroos and the crocodiles <laughs> yeah. and the we'll, evil Easter Bunny. We'll I hold that. Yeah, we'll hold that for another movie. <laughs> I do. The nice thing, if it's with any Christmas movie, yeah. is that they make like sixteen hundred thousand shorts that accompany it. So we could make any gajillion movies as a short. Or Agreed. just our own yep. spin-off story that has no right. connection whatsoever. Well, spin-off of our own sequel. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of story to tell in between the boy, you know, riding the train and growing up. So we could always, you know, revisit that. Well, we we would definitely yeah. have to revisit. He has to get Elma. a job. Elma. Exactly. When he gets when he gets into high school and he's telling all of his high school buddies about Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would and not he gets go beat well. The crap out of exactly. All right, do we have any any other characters? I mean, there's only really two or three main mandatory characters mm-hmm. that we have to cast, right. and we've talked about all of them. Yeah. So and everybody really, else would be just yeah. be filler voice actors. Right. Are we sticking with the same yeah. animation style? <laughs> Ugh, that, that was the thing I, mean, I was granted, considering. Granted, we're, we're yeah. 10, 11, by the time this no, starts no, no, no. Let me just say this for years. everybody. The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> do you want a live action then? No. So, no, no. So it's animated, but it's full CG, not motion. I said, capture. man, Pixar, yo. Exactly. <laughs> Sell it to Pixar, and Pixar wouldn't dirty its hands with well, it. But who, hey, who made it in the first place? Well, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, Zemeckis was, was it, the one. Was it a DreamWorks? Was it DreamWorks? No, it's Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Oh, okay. oh, that would be that would be a tough sell for them well, to sell something to Disney that they know Disney's gonna knock out of the park and make millions of dollars <laughs> off of. But what if they partnered with <laughs> Illumination Entertainment, the ones who are doing the Despicable Me films and the Minions films? Oh, that's films. a good point. Yeah, well, Steve Carell's already in there. That's though, right? Uh, yeah, but I mean, again, yeah. I mean, now obviously they broke away from Disney, and there's some uh, hard feelings there. But, but you know, th- I think they would like that because they could stick it to Disney again and be like, "Hey, uh-huh. wait, now we got this." Right. So now, did you guys see the Christmas Carol, the 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 Jim Carrey one? No, I didn't check that one out. Nope. Anybody? Uh, I've seen pieces. Nope. Was it was the animation any better? Uh, nope. Mm. <laughs> I would have to revisit that one. Well, I just remember from the trailers, like it was, it wasn't, they didn't seem as smooth faced as the Polar Express and Beowulf. So like, that was the one thing like Jim Carrey. There was more detail. Yeah. 
But well, but over, well, granted, it was another five, six, seven years of CGI yeah. technology. Exactly. Well, now and now we've got another five, you know, five, six more years. And too, now we've so. got Hank Pym and <laughs> uh, a few other. So I mean, I mean, we could we give them another shot, or just say there's another animation studio out there that could try it and do it right this time. Um, how about we give them both the opening montage and challenge them, and whoever brings the best <laughs> version will get the money. See who's going to get it done. All right. right, definitely. We'll we'll let them fight for it. Right. Yes. Yeah. To the death, the winner gets us. Yeah. <laughs> So now, first, it's the animation of the intro, and then they actually have to fight each other. Yes, yes. there will be yeah. a battle. That'll be in the bonus features on the on the Blu-ray. <laughs> it'll be a it'll be a it'll uh, be mud wrestling a- for Adam. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, gotta bring some mud wrestling. Uh, just dirty, dirty snow wrestling. That's what we'll call oh, it. Oh no, <laughs> no yellow snow. Not yellow, just dirty. Oh, worse. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so what about what about the title? Are we just calling it the Polar Express Two? Does it need to have any? Thing more than that how about this the return of the, I polar, think like express. the polar express oh, chase i like the return of the polar express although it's like, kind of not exactly what we're talking about but i still think it's relevant it's it's close yeah it's real it's right there it's the return the search for the polar express it's not bad either i like um, shorter these days hmm. Polar. Like polar. <laughs> that, was my, that was honestly my first thought. What if we just did Polar or just Express? No, 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 no. Polar Express, age of the conductor. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or health. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. I, I like the return returns. of the Polar Express. Yeah, Polar Express returns. But Yeah, I like. I think I, I'm, I'm, I like return. Returns or one of those. Okay. Put the return in there. How about we just cut off the... the... Yeah, the, that, that just seems a little too retro for me. The return of so polar express returns <laughs> i mean it's a very batman well, returns but well it's a, it's a retro story anyway okay it is. It's, it's a throwback style you feel like well but the return doesn't does it sound too melodramatic though the return of the polar like like a roy rogers sort of a well it's a semi-sentimental movie that we're trying okay. to pitch if you hit the sentimental then yeah Unless we're doing like finding the Polar Express or something like that, so it's because you're finding it in your heart. Mm. I like finding the Polar. Yeah, except for then you've got finding Nemo, Nemo and finding Dory coming out. Okay. All right, we're going to the synonym generator. There you go. It's been doing. It's going to be done by Pixar. It's on the same page as the Romulan. Uh, yes. <laughs> name, generator. name generator. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I guess like you know when we so so the words that we're circling around then is a uh, return of the Polar Express or search or for search. pursuit of the Polar Express. Finding that's find- too serious though. I like the pursuit of the Polar Express. Mm-hmm. I love alliteration. <laughs> Pursuing okay. the Polar Express. The po- Stalking the Polar Express. <laughs> Done. There it is. On the path of the the trail search, of the Polar Express. The Ooh, I like the path of the Polar Express. Yeah. The quest. The quest for the Polar Express. We love we love questing here, but yeah. <laughs> I do like the path for the Polar I like Express. The path. Yeah. Get behind the path. The I'll path to or the path, path for? The path of. The path of the Polar Express. Because that's what they're yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's what they're on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In All more right. ways than one. Well done, Justin. Good. Path of the Polar Express. Now, now the poster art, obviously we know the poster of the first one is just the train in the snow, 
lights on. It should be the oh. end of the train. Like this one, exactly. this one would be the it's caboose the fading yeah. into the distance. That's great. Yeah. Yep. And actually, I, I like the idea of maybe like the adult, the dad's hand, and then the two kids' hands kind of reaching for it. So you kind you kind of see that it's somebody that's yearning for it. They're trying to get it. Or um, you, I would say just half. the three of them yeah. just standing yeah. there. Okay. Right. Like All it right. just passed them by, as opposed to them chasing. <laughs> <Or it's>, it. <laughs> the train has run them over, so it's yeah, right <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> right. What baffled me is that they did show the one shot at, in the movie of the guy that lives underneath the train. What? What? Do people live under trains? I don't know. That must have been very... an old old thing for yeah, the guys who rode no, that was box cars moment. where they had to hide out. But how do how do you fit under a train? I don't know. So got a little net harness. You got your right. hammock. Skinny. Yeah. Skinny. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited to to feel the the joy of the season by watching this film now, rather than the thrill a minute excitement of uh, evil elves and and the Easter Bunny. Yes, and much like the Polar Express should have been, this is going to be a short podcast. Well, that is that. We are uh, wrapping our presents, putting them under the tree, and uh, we are going to be taking our holiday break here. So uh, we will be back with you uh, in a couple weeks here. We hope you enjoy your holiday. And we'll be back in 2016 with a brand new episode, something very exciting. So keep an eye on the blog. Get, make sure you're following us on Twitter so you can get the updates and get ready to uh, catch up with us. Watch the film in preparation for our uh, discussion. So if you want to leave us a Christmas present this year, we'd really appreciate you going over to iTunes, writing us a review, giving us a five-star rating, and hey, start telling your friends on social media, wherever you uh, like to spread the word about things that entertain you, because we're just excited to have you listening and hope to get some more people in the new year. So with that... Chugga 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 to see the schedule of films to be discussed in upcoming episodes, fan art submissions, and more. Follow us on Twitter at SQPod and share your ideas on our Facebook page. The films and characters discussed on Sequel Quest POD are the property of their respective studios and license holders. No copyright infringement is intended. Did you guys all read the book growing up? Were you aware of the Polar Express? Me. I didn't. <laughs> Me. Uh, All right. This synopsis is given by Anthony. This is the story of a young hero boy on Christmas Eve who boards on a powerful magical train that's headed to the North Pole and Santa Claus's home. What unfolds is an adventure which follows a doubting boy who takes an extra... Dude, this guy just repeated his whole story. <laughs> Do the second one. Okay. Ah, uh, the second one, yes. Uh, uh, severed leg just laying on the track. We can cut well, there that. was. <laughs> I did see. That's which for I still... Adams or my version. 
Oh. Well done. We have well done, fun everybody. Here. And that we was... are wrapped yeah. in an hour. Do we want to do another? <laughs> I know. Let's just keep dipping in. Oh, that's amazing. I just watched Hunger Games. We could write the sequel to the to the whole thing. <laughs>